0: Thanks for joining us for chapter three, the Flowbird podcast featuring Visa's Thea Fisher. In this chapter, Thea talks about how open-loop payment schemes are not only helping to reimagine the ridership experience for passengers, but also contributing to a more sustainable transport ecosystem. One such standout example is in Monaco, where the Monopass app developed by Flowbird provides single sign-on access to multimodal travel, bike hire, parking services, and combined leisure and travel ticketing and payments. Uh, obviously, we're all increasingly concerned about climate change, and there's, you know, there's a good argument to say that mobility as a service can, can impact positively on that, as can contactless open loop payments. How do you see the the future of um, of transit playing out for a more sustainable future for urban mobility?
1: So fundamentally anything that increases ridership of an urban mobility system is likely to have a really positive effect on emissions. So when we hear urban mobility operators saying that they saw on average a 10% uplift in ridership with the introduction of open loop, we see that as a positive step uh, in an overall complicated program of positive climate forces. So we see this really clearly uh, with the Monopass app that Flowbird worked on in Monaco to try and motivate residents and tourists to make more sustainable travel choices. And that app had a goal of reducing light vehicle traffic by 20% by 2030. And it's also important, you know, it enables the Principality of Monaco to showcase its role as a leader of digital innovation. And that simple user experience has really been welcomed by Monaco's 40,000 inhabitants. It attracts 8,000 unique users each week and handles 55,000 transactions each month. So that's a really great example of how a transit platform can be used to incentivize and encourage users to make more sustainable travel choices, even if they're they're tourists and not permanent residents. I mean, those are sort of incredible figures in terms of engagement. So we've
0: already touched on the importance of universal access to transport. So what's your view on maintaining payment choices, whether that's contactless, mobile cash or closed loop?
1: I think a variety of different payment choices make a great system. You need transit systems that are accessible to all, so you're going to need to have payment channels that work for everyone. And we've highlighted in this conversation that while open loop itself, just on the acceptance side, doesn't necessarily work for everyone, open loop acceptance with the addition of the issuance of a, say, visa prepaid for transit might work for everyone. And we need urban mobility ecosystems to focus on equity and inclusion of everyone. And so they both, both transit payments both need to be accessible to all and they can be used as a potential vehicle for financial inclusion. So those pan advance offerings like Visa prepaid and Visa private label provide transit agencies or can provide transit agencies and governments with the ability to issue physical or digital cards or credentials that use EMV technology, either instead of, but potentially just in addition to, closed-loop smart card systems. So that way you have payment channels accessible to all, regardless of whether or not they have a bank card or a mobile phone.
0: So do you ever envisage a time when cash won't be needed uh, for public transport?
1: It's really hard to say cash still plays a pivotal role, although in transit we do see that consumers choose to pay with their existing Visa card or credential more and more, which is reflected by the results that we, we've discussed today in the Visa Economic Empowerment Institute study.
0: I guess, um, Thea, uh, Visa is obviously extremely well known in the payments uh, area. Um, But what about the partnerships that you have with technology suppliers? How important are those in terms of promoting open-loop adoption?
1: I really can't stress enough how crucial the relationships with the technology suppliers are for Visa in the transit space. Programs like Visa Ready for Transit, which ensure tech suppliers are correctly implementing rules like the Visa MTT framework, And solutions like Visa Acceptance platforms in-person accept and token management system, which help technical suppliers who are looking to provide open loop processing systems and hardware and back offices. So we think that engaging with that ecosystem is really crucial and, and really helps open loop payments in transit be implemented and be implemented with sterling user experiences at the center. And of course, our relationships with companies like Flowbird and the transit operators and agencies creates a hugely helpful feedback loop so that Visa can understand where we can enable and provide the most value and where we need to focus on educating the ecosystem so that they can enable these upgrades of these transit systems to open loop acceptance. So that feedback loop with the technical suppliers is absolutely crucial and really really helpful. We collaborate through organizations like the UITP Open Payments Forum which enables us to have that feedback loop and a dedicated group of suppliers and card schemes and you know there are other card schemes out there and 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 it's also crucial that they're involved and that the industry as a collective works towards standardizing and providing great the user experiences and enabling those user experiences and enabling that technical upgrade. And that isn't just uh, transit technical suppliers. It also extends to acquiring banks and PSPs and the whole variety of value chain that gets involved in these immensely complex projects.
0: And uh, finally, Thea, what's your estimate of how Open Loop will grow in transit over the next few years?
1: So I'm going to refer back to the reimagining ridership paper here because within that paper 83% of the agencies surveyed said they intend to adopt open loop in future with 70% saying they intended to do so in the next 24 months. And that shift will be momentous if the vast majority of agencies who don't currently have open loop acceptance enabled today make that transition or begin that transition in the next 24 months, we will go from seeing disparate user experiences still to a much more unified user experience in cities all around the world. And that also creates that acceptance framework where cities and authorities, and operators can build on the initial acceptance. Maybe that's issuing more pay-in-advance credentials like, uh, say, Visa Prepaid, instead of the next generation of closed-loop smart card. Maybe that's more and more mobility-as-a-service providers or cities looking to invest in their mobility-as-a-service experiences across multiple modes of transit and using that payment credential as the identifier at the center. Who knows, but it does create this amazing baseline for the next wave of payment innovation and transit and experience innovation as well. So I'm really excited to see what happens next. I think we're also going to see a shift towards omni-channel experiences, so where you're combining the app-to-ride and the tap-to-ride. And obviously, Mobility as a Service is a huge part of that. We, When we put together the Mobility as a Service pack that we've just released, we spent a huge amount of time really thinking about what these experiences might look like and talking to the ecosystem. And what we heard back was really, really exciting in terms of how perhaps – omni-channel payment experiences could be reflecting the omni-channel nature of people's travel around urban mobility systems.
0: Many thanks, Thea, for your expert insight into how contactless open-loop payments can advance the vision for urban mobility ecosystems that are frictionless, sustainable, and inclusive.
1: Thanks so much, Phil. It was great. Great to chat.
0: Don't forget to tune into the next Flowbird podcast for industry insights into the future of public transport. Thanks for listening.